What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adams going out of town again, Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky-ass hijinks, and analysis. Presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, it's it's fantastic. We got ourselves a little holiday weekend coming up. Yes. You know. You're just a traveling man. Well, you know, I... Come back to the city for a couple weeks. Time to get into the woods. Sure. So, already looking forward to getting away. But I'm going to miss out some on Atlanta sports while I'm gone. So yes. that's a little sad. Although, we got the handheld radio. Oh, yeah. Dial that up. So, I'm thinking some Braves baseball by the fire. And that would be also really cool not to have to go through the internet for sure. that one. You yep, know? yep, yep, yep. So. Hear the sultry tones of Ben Ingram. There's uh, something very romantic about baseball on the radio. Yeah, and I think Ingram especially. He does a really good job calling the games. Um, Joe Simpson does a good job calling the games now. Like Ever since he was uh, unshackled from the, the binds of Chip Carey, he, uh, he, he's like become a, a different man. I wish they would do what they did back in the day, just the, uh, the fifth inning flip-flop yeah. from, from radio to TV. Yeah, that was cool. Or just like mix them up a little bit. Let's Let's... Let's see some pairs. Yeah, I would also like, you know, maybe if uh, just for one game, because a lot of times like Frank Cord does not go on the road trips. I would love to see, um, you know, maybe someone else do the play-by-play for a game or two. Just just, just see. Put Kelly Kroll up there. I don't give a shit. Anybody but Chip Carey would, would be a welcome you, uh, respite. Well, I guess no one else does the play-by, because they've had like Brian Jordan up yes, there. Yes, that's the color. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he's... Color commentary. He's still trying to get his... Feet. Yeah, did you hear him try to say groin the other week? No, it was great. He was talking about uh, I can't. Remember, I was talking about Cunha's groin, and he kept saying groin, groin. Mm. He said it like three times in yeah. about fifteen seconds. Yeah. I was like, this is hilarious. I love Brian Jordan. I've um, I remember when he first started. I don't know if it was when he first started um, doing the Brave stuff on the Fox Sports South slash Valley Sports, but um, my mom and I went to a ton of games in 2013 that summer and we we like ran into him like five or six times during the summer and we'd always say hey and stop and chat he's just he's the nicest guy one of my favorite players growing up um he has a very warm just great disposition about him he's not the best commentator yet but i think he can grow into that opportunity this is going to be a show adam about evaluating commentators we're not going to talk about any actually on the field action but we will talk commentators i think we should so mike mike soroka was talking about so I think he's going to be announcing one of the games this weekend, and he did it once last year, and he was talking about how like the biggest challenge with it is you have to be concise. And he was like complimenting Chip and Jeff for how every game they have to figure out other shit to talk about. Like they can't just come on, go on TV every day and just talk about how the Falcons need to focus on the lines. You can't say the same thing every single night because people are watching it every night. It's a good uh, dig at me. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> yeah. well done. And uh, but so he said he would like start stories, and then like a play's happening. So like you got you got to get it out there, man. Sure. You can't just like tell a gay peacock drag it out for you know minute story. You got to be concise. So he said that was the biggest thing he learned. But also he's not really looking to learn. I'm kind of ready to transition to baseball. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, tell me more talk. about Mike Soroka. Unless you got more. No, no, no. I really don't. But but he was saying, like, doing it last year, this was like a month after he retore his Achilles. Mm-hmm. He was doing it. It was just like, I need to do something. I need to be around the game. Keep my brain active. Yeah. 
and like doing it now, he's like, no, I don't foresee myself doing this anytime soon because I'm 24 years old. He's also torn his Achilles twice in two years. But but, but he also brought up the excellent point because he's been talking to Charlie Morton. He's like, I've probably saved a couple years of my arm. You know, that's one way to look at it. Yeah, that's the optimist view for sure. Yeah. And you got to be very optimistic if you're going to try and come back from a second Achilles tear. Okay, Dr. Graham. I'm just telling you, man. That's, it's, yeah. it's very hard to do. And the fact that he's done it in his early 20s is is good, too. If he had done this when he was 35 or something, he'd probably kiss his career goodbye. But he's got a chance. And Didn't Huddy tear his Achilles? Wasn't that his like, brutal injury that yes, he had? Yes, yes. And he came and he back came and pitched, back. and he was old. But he only did it once. Right. So right. there's this, that. This, this was pretty fluky, but he, he's back. Um He's doing fielding drills. He's back. He's well, re- yeah, clarify what that means. He's back in the in the fact that his rehab is really ramping up. He's uh, now doing fielding drills. He's running in straight lines. They haven't gotten him running left to right, doing athletic mm-hmm. moves yet. But I mean, they're they're still talking like around the All Star break for Mike Soroka. Yeah, I saw him throwing a pin. The other day on TV before the game started, so I mean, you forget how much of a stud that kid was well, in 2019. Well, he was, he was excellent. He was great in 2020 as well. I mean, I think he has in like 37 starts, a 2.87 ERA and like a 1.2 WHIP or he's, something. He's the guy, just, he's, he's a great he's a pitcher, professional pitcher. He's, yes, he's Greg Maddox esque with a little more speed. But yeah, the yeah. movement on his pitches is, is is incredible. Like especially with how good Freed's been. In his absence, um, to have both of them at the same time would be huge. And this, you know, this rotation needs a a fifth starter, a legitimate fifth starter. And um, not to say that Soroka has to be, you know, quote unquote, the fifth starter, but we don't have a consistent five man rotation right now. Yeah, it is shocking how it's going on. This seems like three or four years of all these like young guys that could be the guy, but no one's taken it. So thank God for Kyle Wright. <laughs> for finally taking that next step mm. to be our four, but we're still searching for that five. So I, I do hope they get – I know Tucker Davidson got shelled and he was awful, and they these guys keep going back to not being able to throw strikes and walking people left and right and high pitch counts in the second innings that just drive Chip Carey nuts. That's one thing I can but agree with Chip on. I do want to give Tucker Davidson another shot. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think we have other options right now. Well, you could always you could always do Spencer Strider, but whatever. Let's just pitch him every fourth day out of the bullpen. And well, he's unbelievable. He's so good. Right, but you under, you, you you understand the logic behind I guess. Matzik's gone, Luke Jackson's gone. I, guess. I mean, can no one else step in that role? You still have three viable, you know, back end of the uh the bullpen guys and and Will Smith, Jansen, and uh, a mentor. But you got to think, like a game like last night. So Braves are up, what, like three or four runs. Right. Morton is out pretty early. Yeah, you had another bad start. And you would have had to just roll through a lot of arms, whereas you can put, like, Strider's like a cheat code right now. Yeah, no, he's not. It's not like, it's, it's a weird thing. It's like, even like he, yes, you're bringing up a good point. Even though I really think he should be in the rotation, he is so versatile and able to fill in when someone, you know, blows up as a starter. I mean, he, he is he's invaluable. The in way games that, that you have a chance to win. Yes, you which, know? which is great. It's just like I would also like to see him, you know, give him the ball in a fresh game and just say go. But, yeah, I mean, with, with you know, being down Matzik, being down Jackson, um, 
it's not like a stupid decision, right? It's not like I'm, I, I deride it and I think it's the dumbest thing in the world or anything. It's just I think we'll be better served in the long term if we can get in the rotation. But, yeah, we, we got to – it's got to line up to get him there, and I, I don't think it's there right now. I guess, but I'm just saying you have no good fifth starter right now. So, yeah, you got, you got that guy. He could maybe do it. We don't know if he could be a good starter, though. We don't, but there's only one way to find throw, out. Throwing 85% instead of – he's talked about it coming out of the bullpen. He can throw like 95 100% versus you, you got to give him six still, innings. He's still gone – I think the mo- most innings he's gone is four. So, I mean, I don't see why he couldn't go five or six. I don't know, man. People see you two, three times versus just once. Or twice. It's a different game. Yeah, that's true. It's just – I think he's got the the best stuff on the staff, arguably. Here's what we're going to do, Graham. We're going to let the baseball guys do the baseball guy stuff. So we're just going to agree with everything <laughs> they do. There's no point to have the show, then. Just cancel it. Cancel it. This if is, we can't critique, if we can't have opinions, then it doesn't matter. This is called the I Agree With Every Move Brian Snitker Does Show featuring Adam and Graham. Okay. So let's let's redo the intro. <laughs> Let's redo it. Okay. What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam loves Brian Snicker Kalal, and we are Brian Snicker does everything right show featuring Adam and Graham. Adam, how's it going, sir? You didn't quite get that title right, well, Graham, whatever. But, it's... but it's going great. Snit put his lineup out today. Love the lineup. He's been switching it around. It's all which is this is real. Yes, it is. That I, I do think him switching the lineup well, up has a. Uh, Kind of like jump started. I think a Snicker bit. listens to Atlanta Zone. We were bitching about that last week, and then like a day later, here comes the lineup change. Contreras hitting second. Uh, he's been outstanding. I love his approach at the plate. Uh, the walk off win, not not on um, not on Wednesday, but on Tuesday, after Jansen blew another save, which was odd. Uh, it was just a, a fantastic approach to the plate. Didn't try to do too much. It's a nice single to center field on an outside pitch. He also has the extreme power we've seen. What's he got? Six or seven home runs now. I feel like Freddie Gonzalez. What's he got, Dave? Six home runs? Seven home runs? Um, the power's there. The the. I mean, we knew he was a good offensive player. And, like, let's also not go too crazy because we kind of saw him get hot. Maybe not to this degree, but get hot last year and then really fade down the stretch. But I think he does a better job defensively as a catcher. And he's, his, his offense has improved as well. Um, he's clearly knows? learned a ton. Yes. He, taken, he, he was kind of forgotten yeah. with Langoliers. So it's obviously the biggest surprise of the season. And, but he still only has, what, like 40 at-bats? Exactly. So we can't, like, but that's he's what I'm saying. leading all catchers in home runs as well. It's, right. Uh, we can't anoint him like no, he's the heir apparent. But they realized that, you know, we were complaining about this as well. It's like his bat is too good right now with a team that – you know, it's like hitting 230 with runners in scoring position collectively to leave him out of the order. So I'm glad that they're, even if it means, yeah, maybe his outfield defense isn't that great, but what's the difference really between him and Marcelo Zuna at this point? Yeah, I mean, I like you kind of switch, try him out and left once, do the DH catch. I don't know what he is. Where's he playing tonight? Do you know? No, I didn't look at the lineup. We haven't seen the lineup. No. Um, I mean, game's going on when we're recording, but I don't fine. know. That's no. fine. That's fine. It doesn't matter. But. We used to do this, Graham. So since we've last talked to you, mm-hmm. what, we won two out of three against the Marlins? Yeah, won the third series of the year. And then currently we've won two out of three against the Phillies. Won a four-game series. With the fourth game going on right now. Yeah. And 
you know, the Monday game against the Phillies was brutally ugly. But this is now three games in a row with 10-plus hits. Yeah, offense which is getting is, it going. Which is huge to see. And, like, once again, everyone writes Dansby off. Like, we see the same cycle every single year. He's going to be super cold. We're, Braves fans are going to hate him, say he's the worst player in the league. Then he's going to start to heat up. And we're like, oh, look at Dansby. starting to heat up a little bit. And then he's going to go super cold and again. And then he's the best hitter in the league. Yeah, and then he goes super cold For three cold or four again. weeks. Yeah. And then people hate him. He's going to end up being a 270 hitter. No. 20 to 25 home runs. 20 to 25 home runs, yes. But he's been hot, man. He's He leads. I mean, let's, let's be honest here. Dansby Swanson might be your best offensive player right now. He leads all Braves players in war and F-war. And um, I think he leads the team in RBI as well. Um, he's coming through in the clutch. Four for five last night with a home run. Had another multi-hit game, I think, on uh, on Tuesday. I mean, he is feeling it, and thank God he is, um, because we, we need somebody to, to carry the load on, on this offense right now. And he's, he's doing a, a damn fine job. And he's been doing, over the last 30, it's not just like a week or two-week stretch, last 30 games, he's been outstanding. That's a big stretch. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not like it's you know it's been a week. It's like this is shit. This has been pretty consistent recently. After the most anemic start in the world, he's still striking out, but you can forgive that when he's getting multi-hit games every night. It seems like he's hitting like 700 against the Phillies, and I don't know if that stats in his career or this year. But I don't know why they would pitch to him at this point. Because you know, well, the thing was is that he was hitting. I don't know where he's hitting. Tonight, but he was—he's been hitting ninth a lot recently. You got Acuna. Right he, after he was second yesterday. He was second yesterday, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's good to see—it's good to see Matt Olson add that bomb off the foul pole. Yeah, that was cool. On Tuesday, he's still super cold though. Um, overall, but um, we're seeing good things. We're like, seeing good things. The overall. way that we almost. I mean, that Tuesday game was just huge. Like, yeah, If you lose that, that would have been just a kick in the balls. Leading the entire game, Bryce Harper hits that no-doubt two-run bomb. Yeah. God, you would love that guy if he was on your team. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Like, him running around the bases, just going nuts. But then just, like, instantly, okay. Double, Dan- double, Dansby leads double, it off. Double by Dansby. Opposite field, double down the line. Defensive misplay by the Phillies out of Cunha's. That was so hit. silly. Yeah, I can't believe they dropped that ball. I know it was a little windy, but it's like inexcusable. Yeah, and then Contreras comes through. Yeah, it was awesome to walk off it. Yeah, it was great. Um, shades, that, of, that, shades of 2021. That was a big win. I feel like if you lose that game, you lose a lot of uh, you lose a lot of momentum that I think carried over to the last night's game, and hopefully will continue to carry over to this game. I mean, the Braves still haven't won three games in a row as of us recording this, so it would be really huge to do that. And this is an opportunity, really, to 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 try and take advantage of this schedule right now, because you're you know the Phillies aren't very good, and then you play the Marlins again, who you just beat, and then you play the Diamondbacks who are okay, and the Rockies who are okay, and then the A's and, and the Pirates. So it's like those are your next like five opponents. So it's like, and then the Nationals after that. So you you got an easy ass schedule right now through middle of June. Take advantage of it. Take it. This is the time that the Braves are going to make a push. This is the time to make a push. Can't keep seeing this, you know, lose pretty much every series and get outplayed, uh, you know, every game, it feels like. 
we got to we got to get over this. I think this team is better than that, and I think they're starting to play a little better, even though there's still a lot of BS going on. I mean, there was that game on Tuesday where we had bases loaded, no outs, and can only score one run. I mean, you got to be able to to capitalize in that situation a little better. But the bullpen's still been really good. The starters overall have been have been good, particularly Max Fried and Kyle Wright, and the offense is picking it up a little bit. And um, you know, it and, and Ozuna has picked it up considerably over yes. the last like 10, 12, 15 games. Big time. So that that's very encouraging. Duval is still terrible, but it's been great to see Dan. He's getting a couple walks here and there. He yeah. had a two hit game. Right. But he's still he's still pretty bad. But he's not gonna be the worst player in the majors. But it's great to see Dansby and Ozuna start to come around. It's great to see Olsen get that bomb like you mentioned. Um so this is the time. Take advantage of the schedule. Win series. It's time to go on like a four or five straight series winning streak. And then that, you know, the Mets are are not imploding. We're seven games behind them. They're not imploding at all, but they have lost two very tough games to the Giants. Thanks to Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson, like what, three home runs, 13 to 12 games? the two games, he has four home runs and 10 RBIs. God. But he'd been ice cold before that, so everyone just just calmed down. Yeah, he started off hot for like the first three weeks, then he's been cold. Now he just resurged here what, but what about your boy demerit who yes was that last week we were speaking praise on him or two weeks ago it's two weeks ago okay good because he's now over 33 yeah i think it's time for i think you know we talked about this like demerit was never the long-term option he's he's filled in admirably uh particularly when he was initially called up but now it's gotten to the point where he's just a liability on offense he can't be put in the lineup you've seen the stat though right he's over 33 for his last 33 which is the longest streak since 2001 when Reggie Sanders. Oh, that's went terrible. Over 34. That's terrible. Which, yeah, I mean, he's been bad. It, it feels like the approach hasn't been good. You know, when he first came up, it was like first or second pitch. And, you know, he, free swinging guy, you know, first or second pitch, he was lacing one to left field for a base hit. Or, or going the other way for that you know, that awesome home run he hit uh, when he when he first got called up, but now it's like he just looks lost to the play. He's not even making like he's not even getting unlucky. He's just he's just not he's not he's not hitting the ball. Imagine well. the pressure of like being a pretty highly rated prospect, getting an opportunity in Detroit, just not taking advantage of it, kind of resetting with the original organization you were with, the Braves, and then coming up. Seen a little bit of success and just seen it all like slip away yeah. so hard, knowing you're probably not going to get another chance after this. And uh, that's tough. I mean, yeah. I feel for him, but I think it's probably time not for him problem. to go back to back to Gwinnett at this point. I think you go that long without a hit, or really, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think he's only gotten base like one or two times on during that in terms of like walking. So you know who I'm ready to see come back. Hmm. I think we have a number of in-house options in Gwinnett that I would like to see over Demerit. Okay. So let me throw some names at you. First of all, we got Phil Gosselin in the system. Phil Gosselin is Don't returned. forget about him. Yeah. So he, I mean, I realize he's an infielder, but I, he could play a little outfield, probably just as good as Demerit. Well, what's he doing in Gwinnett right now? You want me to look at his current Yeah, stats? like why? You can't just say, I want to see this guy without backing up a logical something other than I want to see him. You can't base your, your feelings off emotion, Adam. No. Screw you, Graham. You're not getting stats. The guy's over 33. These are just names. Okay. Okay? All right. So Glad you're not my GM. Phil Gosselin. He could do better than over 33. 
our boy, Mr. Generic Face, Alex Dickerson. I don't want to bring back Dickerson. Dickerson it's time to bring him. He's clearly no. better, a better bat, but his defense is horrendous. Right. And then also, our old boy, Preston Tucker. Preston Tucker. I didn't realize he was still in the organization. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was in like Japan for a couple of years, and we re-signed him at the beginning of this season. Yeah, I don't know. Those are three veterans. I would. Here's what I would rather do: Delano DeShields as well. That's Delano DeShields. He's still playing. He was born in '92, bro. He's like, I think of another DeShields from like the '90s. Um, Maybe they're related. I don't know. But anyway, you know what? I would rather see. This might be controversial. I would rather see. I'd rather trade for like a really good player. No. How about you send Demerit down, call another bullpen arm up, then put Spencer Strider in the rotation. If you find a good enough bullpen arm, obviously. There's got to be someone down in Gwinnett doing well right now. Wasker, haven't heard much from Wasker. Like he, Wasker could profile as a high-level reliever if he had his shit together. He really could. That That's the kind of stuff that is good for an inning. His last seven games, 0-2, 13-50 ERA. This is minor league. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that's... Uh, I ain't happening, probably. I think those are... Yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't think he's... Like, if he were tearing it up in the minors, sure. he would be back. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're right, though. Maybe he needs to just be like, forget about the starting thing, Wasker. Focus yeah. on the bullpen. See what... See what it, it's at least an experiment to try at this point. Like, if he's still struggling as a reliever in AAA and as... 1350 ERA or whatever the hell. Try him as a reliever. Say, you know what, Wasker, let it fly. Let it fly. Go out there. Get me three outs. That's all you need to do. Here's a name for you. Brad Brock. Remember him? That's a familiar name. What does he do? Uh, He was a reliever for us in 2018. 27 uh, games, had a 1.52 ERA. Okay. He's currently on our AAA roster. Call him up. Send a merit down. Stryer the rotation. That's that's GM Graham's move. He had a six thirty ERA last year with the Reds. It's okay, don't worry about well, that. Yeah, that's, you know all that matters <laughs> is what's going on right now. Your boy Luke Jackson had multiple years where he was a below replacement reliever, and then he was an elite reliever last yeah, year. Yeah. Things can change. So, I feel like there there's some decent options in Gwinnett. Let's switch it up. Yeah, switch it up. Still a lot of the same problems plagued this team, but you know, like we've talked about, there are signs of progress being made. And that hopefully will continue as we get closer to June and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, we're getting, I think we're like a quarter of the way through the season now. Yeah. So it's, it's viable to start looking at standings. Yeah. Just don't get sunk by the Mets. The fact that we've got it back to seven, that's good. It is good. Keep winning two out of three. Yep. That's really, and, you, and it's, that's realistic. Like we talked about with the schedule coming up. You don't play the damn Mets again until July 11th. So a lot of the a lot of the um, the matchups against the Mets will be in the back half of the season, and that's when it'll get really critical. But you want to put yourself in a position where you're four games back, five games back, three even if you want to get greedy. By sure. the time you start playing those losers, yeah. Unless they you know full on just shoot themselves in the foot so many times that they don't have a foot left, but you know you got to rely on them to do that. But it'll happen. It'll happen. Control what you can control. Give them what time. you can control. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like pretty much covers the uh, the Braves. And we will take a quick break to hear a word from our friends from DraftKings. 
the NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more. And boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place a same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. So here's what you need to do, Chicos. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Adam, there's only a couple of things to mention about the Falcons this week. Your boy Kaminsky has been cut. What? Yeah, happened today. I did not know that. Yeah, that happened today. I want you, before you look it up, because you'll probably see the same tweet I did, guess how many sacks he had through like 41 games? Two. One and a half. Oh. <laughs> There's no franchise in the history of the NFL that has had probably this many players that gets like through 30, 40 plus games of like half sack, one sack. Where was he drafted? Like fifth or sixth round or something that's, like that. I guess that's fine. Yeah. I don't. You know, it all it all comes back to like just like a single article that I probably read, like talking about his motor. You like, love motor. You're uh, the guy who like, you're the guy, guy. And I'm going to quote you from an episode from like four years ago. You were talking about when Tack McKinley was drafted. You're like, I don't know anything about him, but some douche on the radio said he had a huge motor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. That's all it takes. That's for all me. it takes for you. Big Beasley effort. Big motor. Well, initially. Nah, he, no, he did not have the effort. That's no, the, that was the problem with Vic. Um, well, you know, I'm glad to see that Fontenot and Arthur Smith made the wise decision. They they saw enough of him. He, he hung around for like what four years? You said three or four years. Yeah. Yeah. One and a half sacks. Yeah. He had no business being on the field anymore. No. Okay. Good. No. It's not like you can convert him to another position or anything. Uh, Other big Falcons news, the only other real Falcons news to me that's worth mentioning, Deion Jones will miss all offseason activities due to a shoulder injury. Yeah, I think he made that up just so he wouldn't be tradable. That would be hilarious. Or maybe he injured his own shoulder. So why wouldn't you want to be traded if you're not happy here? Who says he's not happy? I don't know, but what's, what's your... What's your thought? What's your logic on that previous statement? My theory is he thinks he can get by just with like the memories of 2017 Deion Jones Mm -hmm. in Atlanta versus if he goes to a real team, he's just not going to play. So maybe he lost his passion for football. Maybe. And so now he can just sort of sit out and just be like, I'll collect them checks as long as they don't pull a Calvin Ridley. We could cut him. Could, but he'd still get some money. Um, right, but yeah, I think we only save like a million dollars if we cut them or something like that. We'd save, I think, one point. I think we'd save like three something million if we cut them after <laughs> June eighteenth. But it's only, I think, we'd only save like one if we cut them before, or might not save anything at all. I don't know. It sounds like numbers we can really trust. <laughs> yes, but either way, cutting him will be money against the 
we'll, we'll create more dead cap like we have with Julio's contract, Matt Ryan's contract. Same thing would happen with Deion Jones. You'd right. like to get a viable trade partner f- for him. However, now with this injury, he has no value. Sure. His yeah. value was already down, declined. Now it's like non-existent. Would have liked to trade Matt Ryan before the Deshaun Watson thing. Would have yes. liked to trade Deion Jones before this, which they were waiting till June, I'm sure. So that yeah, that's why I think he injured himself. It's so close to June. Let me just ram my shoulder into the wall repeatedly. Yeah. 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 So that's a bummer. That is a bummer. That is a bummer. Yeah, not too much else going on in Atlanta sports, Adam. That's pretty much your Falcons news. I think I think uh, another player converted to to running back from linebacker. But I don't feel like talking about yeah, that. Yeah, I saw that Avery Williams. Yeah, Avery Williams. It's just like, okay, because he's got a great four, a better 4-4 four, four time now or something. Fine. Um, that doesn't strike me as. I feel like if you're in the NFL and switching positions like that, you're probably not gonna. No. Be great. No. So yeah, I don't think anyone should get their get their hopes up about that. But I mean, like we talked about, I think it was last week. It is interesting just seeing like on social media, and in video format, a different quarterback under center, a. This Desmond Ritter, you know, I don't know how to feel about it, but it's like it is, it is exciting not to know what to expect, really. Yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, I expect him to get absolutely destroyed if he plays this year, from the reasons I've mentioned a million times. But it is at least a different person back there. To the point where you're like, I wonder what the future is like for this guy. Is it a thing where he's our guy of the future, or is he just going to flame out of the league in three years? I have no idea. Yeah. This, you know? Is this the beginning of the next? 12 years. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I saw a social media picture that probably the Falcons posted, but it might have been someone else. It was like, they don't even know the future is bright in Atlanta. It was a picture of Ritter. London Is it London Drake or Drake London? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take me a while to get that one. Drake London. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and A.J. Terrell. I was like, okay. I'm kind of excited about looking at those four pictures. Yeah, I mean, they all profile to be good players. But none of them are on the offensive or defensive line. You're going to have to get over that. I can't get over it. There's such a bad logic. do, Do you think that, like, a football team with the best offensive and defensive lines in the world, but just, like, fifth round picks littered around all the rest of the positions would be good? I think. Like they, they have a strong. That's just not realistic. Like Zaki- that's not, that's Zaki- not how it works. No, that's how it seems like you want to build your your team. So like Zacchaeus is your number one receiver. Your your quarterback is Joey Harrington in his thirteenth year in the NFL. Uh, I have a better chance to win than I would with this team as currently constructed. Your number one cornerback is a undrafted but here's rookie the thing, out of Alcorn Adam, State. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I have good trenches, the rest of the positions have more slack on them. They don't have to be as good because everything starts from within. Your number one running back is, I don't know, Jason Snelling. If I have three or four all-pro offensive linemen, then yeah, sure, put Jason Snelling back there. It's an unrealistic thing, but I get what you're saying, but it's like... Like it's it's a team. It is a team, but you can't have a good team without a good good trenches. That's been the problem with this team for the last five seasons. They haven't been good because they can't get to the quarterback and they cannot protect it. You also, Simple as that. You can't have a good team without 
good skill position players. Yes, either. but you get those skill position players after you have your trenches solidified. Who won, it's the, who, who won the Super Bowl last year? Aaron Donald won the fucking Super Bowl last year. A defensive lineman won the Super Bowl. Now that that um, that wide receiver. Cooper Cup? Yeah. Yeah, he's a beast. But the Rams were a complete team. They went all in. They're like a, a weird... They're in a weird situation where they mortgaged their future to win that Super Bowl. They traded away numerous draft picks. They 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 got an incredible offensive line, incredible defensive line. Cooper Cup was an absolute beast that they drafted, and then they went and traded for Stafford. They went all in, but they had the pieces right. The difference between teams like the Rams and teams like the Falcons is that they had the pieces. They had the, they solidified their trenches, and then they went and go trade for Odell Beckham. Then they go and trade for a Matt Stafford. They had their trenches good. It's really a huge argument against the people that say we should have drafted, like, what's his fa- uh, Justin Fields last year. It's like it's no. It, it's showing like them, the Rams, the Bucks. They're showing you. You get the team together, yes. and then you can go get your slingshot quarterback. Exactly. Think about what Tampa Bay did. Yeah, when they went guns for hire. Exactly. They go. They they had a great defensive line. They had a really good offensive line. Then they bring in Brady. Then you then you already have Mike Evans and and uh, Godwin. They had ridiculous receivers. They already had ridiculous receivers, but they didn't have a good quarterback. They had good trenches and they had good skill and position. Gronk comes in. In Gronk, and then they trade for Antonio Brown, who was also good before he had his middle breakdown last year. So it's like, but both those teams had good trenches. They knew what they were doing there. It's it's a good argument for build your team and then bring in the quarterback. You don't need to develop a quarterback, right? So I mean that that is one way to do it. And it'll be really interesting to see next year, like you were talking about uh, last week. It's like with all the cap space that the Falcons should have, with Julio's contract off the books, Matt Ryan's contract off the books, hopefully Neon Jones' contract off the books, hopefully we don't extend him or anything, um, Ridley's contract off the books, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What can you do in free agency to build a contender, along with hopefully continuing to, to draft well? Do you bring in a quarterback? Do you bring in another receiver? I don't know. Do you bring in a bunch of really good pieces for the offensive line or the defensive line? I don't know. It would be fascinating to watch what Fontenot does. Uh, do people still watch the United? They're not good. No. We're off that bandwagon? We, we've never jumped on, I don't think. Well, the city. I don't know about the city. I mean, I think there's still a lot of passionate um, Atlanta United fans out there. So for the, sure. people are still going to games? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I think I'm going to a game in July against my will. <laughs> no, I, I like to go. I haven't been to a game in three years. It's always it's, it's, it's fun going to those games. And they're over so fast. That's another thing. It's like you're out of there in two hours. But, um, yeah. yeah. I got nothing else then, Graham. Cool. Well, that wraps up our show this week. We want to thank you all for listening. Hope you're doing well. We will see you next week. Until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Dr. Thompson. Hospital Thompson.